The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, we are focusing on the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. And uh, visiting with us this morning, well, I have one of your names, but I think the other one is somebody who didn't show up. <laughs> the one name that I have is Deputy Laura Kuntz. Yep, that's me. That's you. Okay, and who's your cohort? Malaya Portez-Ziachak. How are you today? I'm good. Good to see you both. Tell us uh, what's happening at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. I know there's few jobs available. Yes, we have several open positions at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, including school resource officers, emergency communications, and detention officers especially. Now, what type of training is involved? Uh, so specifically for the detention division, uh, we provide all in-house training, which is a huge plus. Um, and we give you educational and hands-on training. Uh, there's no experience required. So this is a very good stepping stone for you to branch out into any law enforcement division, whether it be patrol, SROs, uh, K-9, detectives. Tell us a little about what you, each of you do and what, what makes it fun to be a part of the sheriff's office. I think if we hear firsthand why you enjoy your job, there may be somebody listening who's saying, hey, that sounds like something I would enjoy. The sheriff's office, it's not just a job. It's not like just working at a factory or a restaurant. It's a career, um, something that you can make something out of. Uh, it's something that you can work with purpose at. Um, in the detention division that I work in, the best thing about that is being able to change somebody's life, um, repeat offenders that continuously come in, and being able to help them make that change in their behavior and their lifestyle. Um, so that way they can get back on track and be more productive in society. And tell us a little about what you do. So I work in the community service division. I came to the sheriff's office about three years ago, started in patrol. And then I went to school resource officer, did that for about a year, and then I landed my dream job in community services where we participate in community involvement, community events. We do a lot of recruiting. Um, so my sergeant and I, we go out to job fairs. We were at one last week or two weeks ago, sorry, here at the plaza. Um, and we recruit people to come work at the sheriff's office with us. Um, my sergeant and I both love our job very much. And it's a, it's a pleasure for us to go out and we're very passionate about and recruiting people to join us and get to experience the community that we have, not only in Rutherford County, but at the Sheriff's Office. So between the two of you, what is the most exciting part of your job? Are, are there any times that it's really exciting uh, and, and you think, boy, I'm glad I, I'm a part of this. It's, it's not a place I'm going to fall asleep from boredom. <laughs> For me, it's seeing people in their most vulnerable state of their life um, and being able to be that light and help them make a change in their life. Um, for somebody that is helpless, that can't help themselves, we're the only help that they have. Um, that's the most exciting thing for me. 
And what about you? For me, it's a constant change every day. You're not sitting at a desk and it's the same monotonous activity that some desk jobs have. It's something new and exciting every day that you get to involve yourself in. There's so many different exciting parts of getting to be a part of the community and putting a smile on our fa- on other people's faces. Most recently, we invited a kid to be deputy for the day, and that was such an exciting time for everybody. Um, wasn't just you know me personally, but it's exciting to see everyone get a smile on their face and just know that we're a community and we get to be involved with each other. Now, do you work uh, the the Citizens Police Academy? And also, don't you have one for youngsters, for for teenagers? Yes, we do. So we just graduated uh, Class 62 for the Citizens Academy, and we have an ongoing program for teenagers. they 14 to 21. It is the uh, cadets program. We used to be the explorers, and now we're the public safety cadets. She was actually one of our explorers back before she started working for detention. Um, So it's a great stepping stone for youth who are interested in careers in law enforcement to get their foot in the door and see what we do every day before committing. Um, but once they're there, you know, we've had several come in and as soon as they graduate high school and they're old enough to work in the jail, they come in and work in, in corrections. Tell us, uh, Corporal, a little about, uh, you went through the Citizens Police Academy. Did that start the fire in your heart to be a, a member of the Sheriff's Office? Going through the Explore Post, uh, now called the Public Safety Cadets, um, that was the best decision I've made in my life. Had I not made that decision, I probably wouldn't have been in the position I am now today. Um, like she said, it's a, it's a way for our youth and our community to get involved um, and do community service, um, train in different areas of law enforcement, learn life skills. Um, and I joined that in 2016, became the captain over the post, um, actually talked here on the radio with you guys a few years ago. Um, and that kind of got me into, uh, starting my career at the sheriff's office. Um, and now at the detention division, we can, um, we can hire you, um, at 18 years old. And uh, joining that youth program is just a great way to kind of get your foot in the door. You mentioned about being a part of the detention center, uh, why you felt it was important having the feeling of making a difference in someone's life. Could you share some examples of that? I've had a handful of times where uh, former inmates have uh, seen me on like in a grocery store or at a gas station. And it's just a really good feeling when they tell you, you made a difference in my life. I have my kids back. I have a house now. I've got a job. Um, When their life was completely different when they were incarcerated and and before, um, you know, they may have been homeless, um, no job. Their kids have been taken away. And just to see how much their life has changed um, after the rehabilitation that they receive while being incarcerated, um, it, it's very heartwarming. What kind of re- rehabilitation do they receive? Are they classes in how to get a job, or is it how to be a better mom or dad, or wh- what are they? We provide programs uh, to all the inmates in the facility multiple times a week, um, and 
not only just that, but the deputies that are seeing them every single hour um, spend the time to just talk to them. Most of these people just want to be heard. Um, so these deputies just sit here and just listen to them because that's all they need. They just need somebody to listen to them and hear them out. They never had that growing up, I don't guess. Most of them, no. And a large population uh, that we deal with uh, are mentally ill. And that's just all they need. They need somebody to hear them out. Um, they need somebody to talk to. That's a scary thing, what you just said, that the large portion of your population are mentally ill. Because I guess it was in the 60s and 70s that for some reason the government thought it would be best to close down the mental institutions and uh, they didn't give any alternatives for it. They just, we're not going to have that anymore. Uh, but you ended up with those people, it sounds like. Yes. What help is available for them? Um, we provide 24-7 medical services and mental health um, that they can receive. They're checked weekly, um, if not daily. Um, and then on top of the deputies that are available um, to just talk to them. So that gives you a good feeling of, of helping people, too. Yes. Did you have a feeling that you were going to be working for a, a mental institution, partially? Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's about half mental institution and half incarceration for breaking the law. But uh, about half the job, from what I understand, is mental cases. It's shocking, yeah. Do you see a change in that coming in anytime soon? Is there talk about it, or are, are you seeing any signs of that? Uh, I sure hope there will be a change. You know, as technology is growing um, and improving, we're trying to provide as many resources to um, everybody incarcerated, but especially people with mental health issues. Very good. Do you have enough staff who's trained in working with people who have uh, abilities to help with mental health persons? Um, all staff are trained as best as possible to deal with these types of situations uh, that may arise from people with mental health issues. Um, we also have, of course, medical resources to help them as well. Um, but we are looking for more detention officers um, to be trained. We have about 40 spots open in the detention division right now. Wow. So if you have a passion to help people, and, and get the training to help people, you can help them. I mean, you, you have a job for them, and you will train them to do that job effectively. Absolutely. Uh, nobody will go in blindsided, and, you know, that's a thing that a lot of people are held back by. They, they're afraid that they're not prepared, but, uh, you know, we give you all the training, all the tools that you need to deal with situations that may come to you. Now, you have been on the job for, for how long? For four years. Four years. Uh, but prior to that, you went through the cadet program, and how long was that? Uh, from 2016 to about 2020, 2021. Okay, so maybe close to eight or ten years you've been active in, in, in this type of job. Uh, has, have you seen improvements, or have things been pretty much static along the way? Uh, we've definitely improved over the years, you know, as society is changing, we have to change too. I remember one of the things that we've had people 
uh, ask us about here, uh, sending in questions and what. In fact, we've got some questions here, and we'll go to those in a second. But uh, people have asked about letting the people out at midnight, releasing them to go home at midnight. And they say, uh, you know, especially in the winter time, if you were arrested in the summertime and your clothes are summer clothes and you let somebody out on the streets at midnight in the middle of January, sometimes it's a little rough out there. Has that changed? Yes, uh, we actually have people that donate clothes uh, to those people. You know, if they're booked in in the summer months and they get released in the winter months, we'll make sure that they have warm clothes to get released in. Um, And then if anybody wants to donate clothes, um, that's always available at the sheriff's office. Very good. So, and is it still releasing people at midnight or was there a reason for that? Uh, They can be released at any time of the day or night. Um, There's a lot of factors. Oh, okay. I I didn't know whether, and when this came up uh, last time when somebody called in with that question, it never had crossed my mind as to, you know, maybe they could get in trouble out there (laughs) at midnight and maybe there's less less bad guys hanging around to reunite with their friends. I don't know. Uh, Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We are going to pause for just a moment. We will be back. In fact, we've got quite a few questions from the public. So uh, if you have a question, text it to us, 615-893-1450, or you can do it the old way and talk to us. Same number, 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. We're loud, we're proud, we're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Dan at Music World and Drummer's Den. You've bought your new guitar, your keyboard, or your drums. You don't know how to play it. Well, we have lessons on all stringed instruments, all keyboards, and one of the best drum instructors in the area. We are set up for all types of lessons. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street. If you need music gear, Music World and Drummer's Den is where you need to be. South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Latest accident is going to be at 2nd Avenue there at I-40 eastbound as you come off that ramp from 40 east on to 2nd and 4th. Briley Parkway to M Hill Pike. We saw some flashing lights over there a few minutes ago. Wrapping up an earlier wreck, 5300 block at Cane Ridge. It's going to be out in the Antioch area. It's still busy right now coming in from Rutherford County, but it's moving on. 24 west up through the Hickory Hollow area. Nash Painting, they service all of Middle Tennessee. If you want your house painted right and get it done the first time, call Nash Painting or check out their website at Nash Painting. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here for this afternoon. A cloudy sky is a high in the low 80s. Winds out of the northeast gusting as high as 20 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. 
Currently, it's 67. Welcome back. We are talking about opportunities at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Laura Kuntz is with us, along with Malaya Porta-Yayacek. Was, was I anywhere close on that one? <laughs> Zayacek. Zayacek, okay. I'll get it right. I uh, understand you have a new website to help the public. We do. It is uh, joinrcsotn.com, and it has all of our active listings for job positions. Right now we do have openings for adult detention center, emergency communications, and school resource officer. But you can always check back when you check. You can see if it has the apply now button for patrol positions. And it also has, you know, our starting salaries and all of the benefits and job descriptions right there on the website. And also you can meet our recruiters and you can ask questions and see other frequently asked questions and the answers to those. It's all right there on that website. Okay, and uh, uh, lots of jobs available, a variety of, uh, of types of jobs. We do. We have lots of jobs. We have um, emergency communications is our 911 dispatch. Um, you're going to be answering phone calls from the community, whether it be a non-emergency call or a 911 call, and then you'll be relaying that to the patrol officers, as well as, as we went over a little bit ago, detention positions, and then we do have a few openings for school resource officers now that's going to be a lateral transfer so that would be someone who's already post certified um, and has their law enforcement certification and also two years experience now what do you have to do to get certified so you have to go to the tennessee law enforcement training academy which is a 12-week academy Uh, you live there i believe if i remember correctly it's sunday through thursday and you're there for 12 weeks before you graduate and then you also go through an FTO program with the agency that you've been hired by. Now have both of you gone through that program? I have. I'm post certified. I did. I started patrol back in 2018 um, and then I also made a lateral transfer to the sheriff's office in 2021. A lateral from where? From Smyrna. It was actually 2020. Sorry. It was okay, when COVID so you were started. in the police work in, with Smyrna police? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so now you're working one-on-one with the public, basically. I am. I get to work within the community and go to community events. And I still get to work with the youth, which was something that I did with, when I was a school resource officer. And so I get to do that with the cadets now. Now, there's a program that's really one-on-one with the community that the sheriff's office has, the Senior Citizens Awareness Network, SCAN. Uh, are you helping in that area? Um, so ET and Clarence are the ones who are in charge of the SCAN program. We are looking for volunteers. And basically what they do is they get intakes for senior citizens who live within our community and, and need some assistance, whether it just be it someone to talk to or someone to check in on them from time to time. And um, they make weekly calls just to check in, say, hey, how are you doing? And then they also make visits. And we do summer parties. We do Christmas, or I think it's, Thanksgiving. We do like a dinner for them, um, but that's something we're always looking for volunteers for. So that's another area of service that is needed. Exactly. Let's talk a little more about the communicators because I have to, I'm, I'm really fascinated with that position and I admire those people who are your dispatchers or telecommunicators uh, because they're the, the first link with the person who's having trouble and they have to uh, sort of keep it together until the first responder arrives on the scene. 
and those are crucial moments. Uh, tell us a little about that position. So I don't have any personal experience being a dispatcher, um, as we call them emergency communications. They really are the first responders. They're the ones who take the call when something has gone wrong or something has happened. Um, and then they have to stay calm on the phone and try to do their best to handle the situation through a phone rather than face to face, which is what patrol gets to do. Um, and you know, not only are they taking those phone calls, but they're also making sure that our patrol officers are safe on the road. They're gathering intel, they're gathering all the information and relaying it to patrol so that they know when they arrive on scene to some sort of call, they know all the information that they possibly can. Now, if it's a medical emergency, do they have some way to check a chart or a computer to work the person on the other end of the phone through that medical emergency? So that's actually through the EMS dispatch. And what happens when we get an emergency call is they will transfer, transfer that phone call to EMS. So that puts a trained uh, paramedic, I guess. Yeah, someone who knows, who knows how to instruct on CPR and um, just to keep people calm when there's an emergency happening. Okay, I, I just couldn't figure out how they knew all of this information. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but again, there's in-depth training for whatever position you take. Yep, and every, every position that we have available, it's all paid training. So you're going to come in, you're going to start day one, and we're going to start training you while you're getting paid. Okay, what kind of pay is this? Because this is what perks up people's ears. So we have um, several different starting pays. And if you give me just a second to get my cheat sheet here. <laughs> so for detention starting out, we it's 41405 up to 44734 um, Dispatch, our emergency communication starts at 43816 and goes up to $47,022. Um, and then for certified patrol officers and SRO, it's a little bit different than non-certified. So when you start out on non-certified positions for patrol, you're going to start a little lower up until you get certified. So once you become certified, then your pay is going to change a little differently. So it starts about 46 to 49,000 and then goes up to about 52,000. Okay. And, and again, the certification takes, you said, 13 weeks or so? Yeah, so it's 12 weeks at the Tennessee Law Enforcement Training Academy. So once you're certified, then they would bump you up to a different pay, um, pay scale. Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk a little more with Malaya about the work that's going on in the facility itself. Uh, what, what type of person are you looking for? Are they just, you're looking for a person who's just interested in helping other people or do you need some people who, uh, do you come across any, uh, I guess, dangerous moments there in the jail? Uh, there are dangerous moments, but it's nothing that you aren't equipped to handle. Um, but we're looking for somebody who's motivated and somebody who's willing to help other people. Very good. Uh, so we have a question here from a listener who says, uh, how many, uh, tell us some of the situations you have about facing people who are addicted to drugs and how do you work at getting them off drugs can they ever really get off of drugs uh, they can um, they have so many people that are wanting to help them but at the end of the day they have to be willing to help themselves as well um, it's possible to stop addictions um, you just have to be willing to help yourself. 
Um, and a lot of cases that I've seen, um, it's the people that you hang out around. Um, when I see people um, enter our facility from drugs and they leave and they hang out with the same people that got them into it, the cycle just continues. Um, but all the cases I've seen where they cut all those people off, um, their, their addictions stop. So it's about the people that you surround yourself with. So if you're incarcerated for six months to a year, is that a normal sentence, say? Uh, and, and that means six months to a year that you would not be taking, I guess it means you wouldn't be taking drugs. Or mm-hmm. Do people take drugs in jail? Uh, we've had some instances, but we do everything that we can to uh, stop it from entering our facility. So if they go for six months or a year without drugs, does that, uh, which is cold turkey, I guess, uh, does that get them off of drugs or do they get back into it? They most definitely feel better um, after they've stopped for so long. Um, it's up to them to continue that pattern once they leave our facility. And um, many of our individuals that uh, be- get released from the facility, they enter rehabilitation programs. Um, and if they complete those and put in the work to um, that they're required to, a lot of times they re-enter that produ- productive life. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. programs available to them while they're in, in the jail. Um, we have people who come in that are liaisons between these rehabilitation centers and the people uh, that go to court. They work with the court system to try to get them into rehabilitation centers because ultimately the goal of being incarcerated is rehabilitation. It's not just to set someone up for failure when they go back onto the street. Mm-hmm. Now they used to talk about the revolving door of, on the recidivism end mm-hmm. where it j- you'd be out and then back again in a week or two, sometimes a day or two. Uh, so is that reducing, that recidivism rate, is it being reduced uh, noticeably at this time? I mean, I haven't seen the statistics on it, but I do believe that this program is working. I think you have to kind of see it um, firsthand to see how it really works. But I've been able to participate and see people who are being connected with services who really want those services. Um, and they go out and, you know, they've turned their lives around. So I know it works. I just haven't seen the statistics. And, and we're talking about these things this morning because, you know, obviously we're here to tell you that there are job openings at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. But we felt like if you knew what you would be doing to help people, if you had that feeling of I'm making a difference, this job makes me special, gives me a reason, uh, that's, that's about as good as you can get. I yeah. mean, and that's why you need to go over and check out what is available. Do you have people, I know you have people, if you have young people coming in there for a job, they want to help somebody, but they have no clue what they really want to do. They don't know if they have skills in certain areas. Do you have tests that you can give to these people uh, who are wanting to get a job that shows what areas they would be strongest in? I don't, I mean, I think there's personality tests, but I'm not sure that that's really going to give someone the right idea. I think if there's people who are interested, they're more than welcome to reach out using that website, the joinrcsotn.com. They can reach out to a recruiter, talk firsthand with someone who's experienced in the field that they're interested in, and then more than welcome to come in and we can give them a tour. Or if they're still under 21, 
they can still join the cadet program and see if that's something they're interested in. Or every year we do the Citizens Academy, which does give you a firsthand look as to what the sheriff's office does and what its functions are. And it was interesting that Malaya went through the, uh, the program as the cadet and, mm -hmm. and for four or five years in high school and just uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And now you're a corporal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're a good example of what can happen. Uh, do you see this happening with, you mentioned Laura, you mentioned the uh, Citizens Police Academy. Do they come out of that also, just as they did the cadet program, and say, hey, I'm, I want to do this for a living? Yeah, we had a couple from Class 61 who did get hired at the Sheriff's Office. Um, we also have people who join our alumni. So once you've gone through the Citizens Academy, you can join the alumni. Um, and then we also have people who come through the Citizens Academy and then join SCAN. So it, it's really awesome to see how people's passions are ignited, and that, that spark is just turns into a flame and people's desire to come help other people. Now, tell us once again, what are the areas that you need the most, uh, that the most opportunities are available in, the most openings? We're definitely looking to fill um, our jobs in detention as well as emergency communications and school resource officers. So if we have any law enforcement listening right now that, you know, has that passion to work with children and work in the schools and protect the schools, um, we would love to have you come work for the sheriff's office. But you have to have that previous experience. You do. You have to have two years law enforcement experience. Okay. Uh, now, if you want to work in the detention center, uh, Maya, uh, Maya, do you have to, what, what, do you, what background do you need? Um, so you, you don't need any law enforcement experience to work in the detention division. Um, you just have to be at least 18 years old, so we can hire you right out of high school and uh, give you all the training you need. Um, so no law enforcement experience required um, because we're going to give you all that training on hand. Um, and that's why the detention division is such a great stepping stone to, um, you know, get to patrol or SRO or any other division you want to get to. And it's a great job for people who are still in school. She's still going through um, MTSU, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I'm also full-time at MTSU. Oh, great. Well, you, you really know how to focus and uh, get the job done, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. uh, does the sheriff's office help you with your schooling uh, cost? If, if, you, if you get a job and work for the sheriff's office and you want to continue your education so you can be a better service to them, uh, will they help you get that degree? Yes, yeah, so the sheriff's office actually provides a, a discount at MTSU. Um, right now, hopefully, we can start at other universities as well. But there is a tuition discount at um, MTSU. We also offer some other scholarships. Okay. Uh, and then we heard some other uh, things in the news about how some of these new buildings that they're building with uh, apartments in them are going to have discounts for uh, people who work in law enforcement is one area. Yeah, so uh, they have courtesy officers. A lot of the uh, apartment complex will give a discounted rate to law enforcement to be there. And there are some jobs that they have for them while they live there, like locking up the pool at night and just making sure, like, if there's noise complaints that they're there to kind of handle it. But it's great if you're looking for a discounted rate on your apartments because, you know, those are expensive these yes. days. <laughs> so there are a lot of perks that people don't stop and think about. No. Uh, so, uh, and, and that's another thing that you could learn, I guess, uh, by going through the Citizens Police Academy. I went through it myself, and it was wonderful, I thought. Uh, when is the next one? It'll be next spring. Next spring, yep. okay. So uh, be listening for that, and 
sign up early. Don't wait and find that it's full. <laughs> yeah, because it's a great class to get through, and, and we have a lot of fun. I remember one thing about the uh, about the work where in the, the detention area, the fact that, and, and the officers who were there had explained it to us this way. They said, uh, we don't have anything to protect ourselves but our hands. We can't take weapons in. Obviously, that is a bad situation inside the jail. So uh, what, and I, in your mind, too, it's not just your hands, it is your mind. Uh, what kind of training have they given you to show you how to use your hands better and also how to mentally uh, sort of uh, work with people to persuade them to do what's best for them? Um, so we are all trained in defensive tactics, um, which is a week-long, hands-on, rolling on the mats training. Um, we're also trained. We also have uh, chemical weapons and tasers, of course. But the, those aren't our real weapons. Our biggest weapon is our mouth. Um, what we say, what comes out of our mouth, is our biggest weapon. Um, and that is what's going to de-escalate your situations, um, and that's what can also escalate your situations. So you're taught how to do the proper thing to keep everybody calm and uh, do what's best for them. Yeah, you're taught how to talk to people. Yeah. So that really, when, when did you realize that you had achieved that ability? Did, did a light suddenly come on you think, wow. That's pretty neat. The first time I, I dealt with an irate individual, I thought that I couldn't talk them down. And when I was able to, it's, it's shocking how much your words mean to somebody. So you've made a difference then, and you can see it and you feel it. You've made a big difference in the life of somebody who's who's been having a problem. Mm -hmm. And and they're out there and you run into them in the public and they come up to you and say thank you you made a difference it feels good that's that that's more than you could ask for most jobs i mean you're you're making truly making a difference and laura i'm, I'm seeing that in your job too uh, you're seeing good positive end results yep we i mean it, it's so fluid it, one day you're making a difference for someone who has been in a car accident and the next day you're making a difference for a young child whose dream was to be law enforcement and so it's just it's a great n always changing career you never know what you're going to get one day and what you're going to get the next and you know her hearing her talk about being able to talk to people in the jail that's something that will translate to patrol um so if you start in the jail because you can't you're 18 to 21 you can't work on patrol until you're 21 so you can go to the jail first get those skills that you need and that's going to transform into you being an amazing law enforcement officer malaya do you have a desire to get uh, into patrol work uh possibly yes okay i'm still navigating my options okay so uh and what are you studying at mtsu uh child development family studies and psychology both very essential in this work yes so uh, you're just wanting to help people and, and know that you've made a difference in the lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way it is with most of the law enforcement people that we run into and have had on this show. 
Uh, it's interesting you said that uh, you remembered being on this show earlier back when you were a member of the cadets mm -hmm. program. Did you have any clue back then if, uh, that you might one day be back on the show as a, a detention officer? I probably I would have never thought it. I was actually re-listening to the radio show from a few years ago, and um, it's just it's just cool to see. It's how much progress. Uh, would you say it's a made. dream come true for yes. you? Yeah, that's I'd cool. So. That's cool. And Laura was getting into the police work. Is that something you've always wanted to do? Actually, no. I'm. I'm 35 years old and I've been in law enforcement for going on six years now. So it wasn't something I did till later in life. Um, I just, I got that desire to help people. And so at 28 years old, I started my law enforcement career. What motivated you other than just wanting to help people? Cause I think if we hit on some of these things, people listening who are at the same point in life that you were, uh, back when you were 26, what made you decide, hey, I, maybe I need to get that direction? So I actually lived up in Illinois, worked for Six Flags Great America, the theme park, and uh, we did loss prevention, and so we would catch a lot of kids stealing. And there was a, a young girl who her brother had been killed in a drive-by shooting, and to her it wasn't a big deal it was just kind of everyday life it wasn't a shock to her like it would be to someone who you know that's not normal to have someone in their family die and um so i felt like my call was to change that perspective so that young girls and young boys don't grow up in a world where their brothers and sisters are getting killed in drive-by shootings and so you feel like that's that's what you're able to do with this. And, and unfortunately, we see those situations here. Yeah, but it's just about making a difference in, in perspective. And I know I can't change the world, but if I can just change one person's life, that's really all that matters. Very good. Our phone number, if you have a question you want to text us, 615-893-1450. Uh, We're going to pause for our final time, and then we'll be right back for the final segment of our broadcast this morning. We're focusing on the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Laura Kuntz is with us, along with Malaya Portzia Check. I need to do that faster. <laughs> <laughs> Money issues? There's someone local you can talk to. Financial Coaching Radio with certified financial planner Jason Qualls. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. Does being a caregiver for your loved one wear you out? Then Arosa Care is here to help. Arosa has an experienced team of caregivers and licensed care managers who help families make educated decisions regarding the aging process. This is Erin Keo Rankin. Let me help you. Call us at 615-848-6774 or find us at arosacare.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, 
capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. WGNS talks about all things local. It's Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Welcome back. And happy birthday to K.J. Smith, six years old. She is the winner this morning of our delicious banana pudding from the Slick Pig. K.J., happy birthday. Also, our good neighbor of the day is April Pettigo. April Pettigo always helping others. Jenny Harrison and the family over there at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts at 117 South Academy Street are making it a special day for April Pettigo. Maybe you know somebody who should be the good neighbor of the day. Let us know who they are. Send us their name, address, and phone number and tell us why they should be the good neighbor. We're in the final minutes of our program this morning, dealing with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, job opportunities, and letting you know the warm and fuzzy side of being a member of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. There are not a lot of people who uh, can say, when I go to work, I really feel as if I helped somebody today. But both of you can do that. And, and that lets you go home with a good feeling in your heart. Uh, some days you're bound to be frustrated, but you still know you made a positive difference. Uh, that makes a difference, I would think. Yeah, it's definitely a good feeling going home and knowing um, that you've helped change some change someone's lives, whether it's in jail and giving them someone to talk to. And like she said, they see you're out on the street later and they tell you you've made a difference. I mean, I've arrested someone for a DUI before, and they came back the next day and gave me a hug and told me thank you. They knew that it was leading them in the wrong direction. Exactly. Wow. So you just never know what you're going to what you're going to face. Each day is different. Um, do you ever, and, and we mentioned a little about, uh, you, you never know whether, uh, what, what the day is going to bring. That's a job that is dangerous at certain times. Does that ever run through your mind? Yeah, I think we all know that there's always risks to this job, um, but I think the benefits of the job and knowing that you've changed someone's lives definitely outweighs that risk. And it definitely takes a special person to be in this kind of career. Um, you have to be a servant. You have to be selfless and have a heart to serve the community. And so you're looking for those people. We definitely are. We're definitely looking for someone who's, you know, dedicated and passionate about being involved in, in the community that they live in. Or That would be true also with the dispatchers, the telecommunicators. Yeah. They really have, that has to be a, a high-tension job. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how they do that job sometimes. Um, I definitely, I know we, law enforcement and patrol could not do the job that they have without emergency communications. They are the first point of contact. They are the eyes in the sky. They're the ones that... They have our back when we're out there on the street. And with today's technology, uh, they can see where you are, be sure that you're 
as safe as can be and, and give you backup if, if you need it too. Yep, they can. And um, they even have this feature where if you call in 911 and they, you need to be able to be on the phone, they can uh, link into your phone and know where you're at. So, so important, so important. Uh, law enforcement has changed dramatically over the years. Like everything else, technology makes a world of difference. Uh, Malaya, did you, when you got into the sheriff's office, did, did it, I, I know your heart was in it to start with because you went through the cadets training program, but uh, it had to take a little time to get into this technology because uh, that would be uh, something all new to learn and it's changing probably every day. <laughs> so uh, what would you, that's another thing, you, you need to be interested, I guess, in technology, uh, interested in computers, telephones, uh, you need to, because you're going to use all of those things. Yeah, for sure. Like in I mean, emergency communications, um, you do have to be able to type. You have to be able to work a computer. Um, so that's definitely something. Technology plays a part in every role that we have. Very definitely. Well, before we go, let's, uh, let's go over once again what people need to do to find out about positions that are available at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, so you can go to our website, which is joinrcsotn.com, and you can click on the Be Rutherford County tab, and that has all of our open positions, job descriptions, and starting salary. Uh, there's also a tab where you can connect with a recruiter if you want to learn more or speak to someone who has experience in that field. Or you can come up to the sheriff's office and ask to speak to a recruiter, or you can call the number right there on the website, and we can connect you with someone. All righty. Uh, Malaya, any final thoughts from you? Um, it, I mean, it, even if you just have a slight interest in law enforcement or if you're unsure, just try it out. Um, it, if you're young, um, you're 18 to 21 years old, the detention division is a great place to start. Um, and we're going to give you all the training, all of the education you need. Um, so don't be intimidated. Come Very join good. us. And, and, and you come out on top, too. You, you've already, both of you have said how much this has meant to you. Thank you for joining us today. Laura Kuntz is with us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, also from the Detention Center, Balaya Portziacek. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Have a much. super day.